You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon to break down LSU's win over South Carolina and also what Ed Ogeron said on Monday as we just got done meeting with him on his Zoom. But first, LSU was back at it on the recruiting trail with a 2021 commitment. The first flip that we've seen in a while as Kansas State commit Matthew Langlaw at a New Roads Catholic of Point Coupe opted to go ahead and stay home and play for the Tigers after picking up an offer from Bill Bush earlier this uh, month just right around the time the Hurricanes hit. So there's a little bit of uh, positivity there when he uh, got his LSU offer. It didn't take too long. But today he announced that he's staying home to play for the Tigers. Shea, just outside of Baton Rouge, Matthew Langlaw is having a massive senior year. And uh, he's a big riser on 24-7 sports. We just bumped him up in the state uh, because of that. And Bill Bush has his second safety commit of the 2021 class now. Yeah, and Billy, this is the safety. I think this is the safety commit uh, I like most right now. Um, and I think that he gives you someone who, look, you flipped him from Kansas State, um, but he had actually started to pick up some offers, you know, in addition to LSU. Notre Dame had offered him even uh, on Saturday night, uh, or excuse me, on what, Sunday night, and then he committed to LSU on Monday uh, at about noon. But uh, point being, he was a riser. He played really well last year. Look, this is, he's been on the radar for a while. LSU'd been recruiting him. and. And as you noted, he had a really great start uh, to his senior season. I just got done watching uh, his highlights from uh, this past weekend's game against Sacred Heart. Pick sixes for touchdowns, multiple uh, of them. He plays on offense. He's got some uh, – really shows some elusiveness on that side of the ball. Uh, and I know he plays some lower-level ball, but uh, he also is dominant uh, out there on the field. And uh, this is a guy that's going to give LSU someone who verified track speed. I mean, he's a sub-11 uh, 100 meter guy. He's a two way player. Um, playing some running back now. Will play safety at the college level. Has that burst. Uh, I think this is a this is a really good addition for them. And I would have been surprised if they ultimately didn't offer and, and try to lock him up. And and over the past few weeks, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, this is a really good job of keeping tabs on an in state uh, prospect that was on the rise. Had a nice junior year, and you knew going into his senior year, he was poised to have a good one. And uh, they did a great job. You know, Bill Bush, Corey Raymond, even at, at points, Jeff Martin, uh, all all guys that you know deserve some shout outs on on this recruitment for LSU. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I like uh, Matthew Langlaw a lot. I think he's somebody that uh, will have a chance to play early. I think anybody in that safety room at this point will probably have a chance to play uh, early for the most part. And uh, he just continues to develop. So he's the best player on the field at the level of competition he plays at for the most part. I would say. And uh, that's a good sign. You, you want those guys that are dominating at, at the level uh, that they're at. And he's certainly done this. And it, when he did commit, you know, I got a t- couple texts from some of our, some of our colleagues from around uh, the network and uh, just kind of also a, a couple other college recruiting department people. And they said, you know, that's a really good land, good eval, all those things. And uh, they did it right. So credit to LSU for getting Matthew Langlaw. And uh, look, as we shift gears now, though, uh, on to – the win over South Carolina, uh, somebody who looked good and has clearly developed is TJ Finley. You know, dropped 25 pounds, moved very well in the pocket, 
Uh, wasn't asked to do a whole lot, but man, he was efficient against South Carolina, and he had one hell of a day uh, against the Gamecocks. Yeah, look, and Orgeron called it a coin flip. Uh, and if that were true as to who started between Finley and Johnson, uh, then they've really got some good things going in terms of uh, what their quarterback room looks like, uh, obviously, with um, starting out with Miles Brennan uh, and the start he had. And, and we'll see when he comes back. We'll touch on that in a moment. But uh, let's give TJ his moment uh, here because, boy, he, uh, as you said, he was special. And his postgame interview is just as special. He was very, um, you know, expressed confidence, sure, but just deflected all the praise to his teammates, made it all about the game plan, uh, really had a lot to say about Stevensmere and what he was able to do in terms of getting the run game going early for him. The offensive line played great. The running back showed up in Emory and Davis Price, and, and that allowed uh, Finley to work a short passing game that he looked very comfortable with, never looked rattled. Uh, he just looked so poised. And uh, then you get to the end of the game, and they don't, he doesn't even have to throw it in the second half, but he goes – 17 for 21 for 265 yards. Uh, he throws a couple of touchdowns. He makes his one freshman mistake uh, on a pick, but then he's the one who hustles downfield uh, and makes the you know touchdown saving tackle, which ultimately uh, the defense held and, and led to a field goal attempt. Uh, so that saved them four points there. Uh, and he ran the ball more than we thought he would. And, and I asked him about it at the postgame press conference. I said, well, Coach O, because we haven't talked to TJ uh, since he's been at LSU, but we said, uh, look, Coach O has been saying that you lost all this weight and it's totally changed who you are. You didn't look like the same person anymore that you were uh, in high school, uh, you know, when they watched him on film. And and Finley said, look, it's it's true and it's probably the biggest factor in my development and in what I'm able to do because um, he was able to take his steps and, and look mobile in the pocket and he, he was able to get around. He's clearly when they run those QB draws with him, um, you know, he's going to fall forward for three, four yards at the very least because no one's hitting 6'6", six, six, you know, 240-something backwards. But he said he came in at 265, Billy. And he said, he goes, it's embarrassing, but it's it was 265. And he said a lot of the teammates made fun of him and said, dude, you should be playing D-tackle. You should be on the defensive line. And uh, didn't take him seriously as a quarterback, or at least joking with him about it. And he said whenever COVID hit and – Everyone got sent home into quarantine. He made it his mission to lose weight, and I think he lost close to 30 pounds probably, and, and you could see it. I mean, he was moving well for a big kid and, and just so locked in. I, number one above everything else. I love the stats. Uh, I love um, you know the, the different elements of how he's able to operate the game and execute. Um, but more than anything, I loved his poise. He just sat back there and ran through the offense and made his reads, and deliver the football when he was asked to. And, and he helped them build a big lead. They never punted the football all game. Um, so shout out to Finley, man. It's very, it's very clear right now that uh, they've got two, uh, at least two quarterbacks uh, who have proven now that they can operate uh, different elements of this offense. Yeah, and one of those that has proven to be able to do that as well is Miles Brennan and Ed Ogeron talked about him on Monday and said he's going to practice on Monday. He's going to be back with the team. They're trying to work him back and get ready for a trip to the Plains this weekend against Auburn. And, you know, I think the big thing from the South Carolina game is that Ed Ogeron and the staff doesn't, or at least you know, it doesn't seem like they feel like they have to rush Miles Brennan now that TJ Finley went in there and, and had the game that he did. And I think that's one, the biggest thing that probably came out of the South Carolina game for sure. Um, but Miles Brennan does appear to be trending in the right direction to play against, uh, against Auburn. 
Yeah. And I mean, if you made me guess, I would say that maybe that they don't try to rush it. And, and look, it's, you, you know, this, and it's on the, the, either the back of coach O's mind or the forefront um, or the staff's mind that after Auburn, you get a bye week and then you play Alabama November, what, 13, 14, something like that. So you would then give, if Brennan doesn't play this weekend, he's going to have five weeks and then close to six weeks, you know, right in that range of time he had since being injured to being able to recover and, and certainly not take any, any hits or, or live action. So now over time, I'm sure he'll work more and more back into practice, but we'll see. I guess it's, it's certainly this. It was a good thing to see him dressed out. He came out for pregame warmups and through the football. Uh, and now Orgeron said, look, he'll go 25% today. We'll put him in every day this week, see how he looks. Uh, we're not going to push him, but uh, let him go at his pace. And, and Orgeron also made it clear, if he's not 100%, he ain't playing him. Uh, but he also made it very clear multiple times uh, that, hey, TJ played a hell of a game, but that there isn't a quarterback controversy right now. It will be Brennan's job. It's just going to have to wait uh, until he gets back. But, boy, I'll strike up the conversation now. If you've got Brennan back, and he's already been hit once where banged him up and, and put him out like this, you're probably not going to want to run him a ton. I see ways they can use TJ Finley. He can, she's shown you he can work uh, at le- the very least. And we have a limited sample size, right? But he can throw short, quick passes. He can go through his reads and, and he can certainly, you know, tuck the ball and, and give you four or five hard running yards. And we even saw Max Johnson do that uh, at the end of the game. So if they don't want to run Brandon, um, you know, I think they're comfortable with putting some other guys in there in little packages uh, to where it's not obvious that that quarterback's going to run. And, and even it could be a handoff to the running back or it could be a pass because I think that they trust at least those guys to execute certain parts of the playbook uh, that they feel totally comfortable with. I think the another thing that stood out to me in this game against South Carolina was LSU's running the ball. I mean, John Emery, Ty Davis-Price, they were outstanding Saturday night, or, yeah, Saturday night in, in that game. And uh, I think that was one thing that's probably a big boost for not only the running back room, but just the offensive line in general. Uh, no sacks allowed also uh, for TJ Finley. And that was nice to see for sure. Um, I, I mean, the offense was, it, you could tell it was simplified, I think, just kind of from a standpoint of what they want to do. They were you know, short passes. Uh, TJ just let it fly, which was great. Then they ran the ball. They really, really were committed to the run. Um, that opened things up. And I mean, they, they were just, you know, they were dominant in all three phases of the game for the most part outside of, you know, giving up some chunk plays to South Carolina um, defensively. But I think the run game was something that you can take that with you on the road if that's the way uh, you're going to be able to do it. Now Auburn's you know going to have a tougher front for sure defensively with Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator, but uh, that was a big confidence booster, I think, as well for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing that I really liked uh, in the run game and Finley and all that was great, but um, I'm seeing right now a way that, at least offensively, that Innsmere is really settled in. I mean, I think he understands that they don't want to go. I mean, look, he, they call him slinger for a reason. He wants to throw the football. And Miles showed that he can throw the football, and certainly TJ can throw it. Uh, and I think that he found now that if the O-line, which I thought was the MVP of the game, if the O-line can continue to play like they did, if you can continue to have Ed Ingram in there. Now, you're not going to have Dale Rosenthal, um, and I know that, uh, we'll pop up on some uh, some takes on that on the back end. But uh, without Rosenthal, you're going to play wire. 
He's been fine. They looked great as a group. Get Emory was the starter. That's what everybody said. Don't make him third in the rotation. And Emory said after the game, he said, it just feels so different. When you can get in there, they want to run early. You're the guy. You get your touches, and you're not the third guy coming in at some point in late in the first quarter, the second quarter. Uh, and the game's not zero to zero type thing. And uh, I think that's true for him. I, we saw it uh, early and often uh, in this game. He cracked off some big runs. And, and Ty Davis Price is a beast. Look, he went over 100, and he's hard physical runner. But when he gets to the space, he can still go. So they have a nice little one-two punch going there. And I think they know, find that balance. I mean, they were almost dead even, 250 run or 270 run and 250 pass, 60 pass, something like that. But basically an even split. And that's what they're going to want to get towards because I think we saw more time of possession. Uh, and I think those are the type of things that can really help out a defense that you'd rather not have out there uh, all game. And they didn't have them out there all game. Uh, they ended up stepping up and, and certainly in some spots of a bend don't break uh, descriptions. But uh, at the end of the day, I think they Billy, they have like 30 something plays. Now they average like nine yards a play, but still they work the clock. LSU worked the clock in South Carolina. just didn't have a ton of opportunities. Uh, and when they did, LSU was kind of able to stop it uh, outside of some big plays. Yeah. And I think one, it's just become so normal for Terrace Marshall to have a big game. So, you know, he continues to do his thing, but you mentioned Dare Rosenthal being out Ed Ogeron announced he is suspended indefinitely. Uh, no reason given, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it's been a checkered pass for, for Dare Rosenthal for a while now. And, Look, I think Cam Wire is better at left tackle anyway at this point. So, I mean, you're, you're losing depth. You're losing somebody that's had uh, a lot of snaps and, and, and quite a few starts now under his belt. But I think with the way Cam Wire is playing, I think this offensive line could be you know, better with him in there at left tackle. Uh, they certainly had their best game of the year uh, Saturday against South Carolina. Um, but, yeah, Dare Rosenthal is suspended indefinitely. And uh, Ed Ogeron did mention that Cam Wire is a little banged up, and it would be Charles Turner who would be the next up at left tackle and not Xavier Hill, who went in there at the end with uh, a lot of the backups um, along with Max Johnson. So uh, that is your offensive line update. But it sounds like Dare Rosenthal might have very well played his last snap at LSU. Well, we'll see. And we'll see how long indefinite suspension means. Um, and obviously he's kind of been in and out of the lineup at times uh, before. But I think that... They, they really need wire, right? You're going to put the same five starting O-linemen you had against South Carolina out there against Auburn if you've got wire. And he's played well. I think he's played uh, – uh, it's probably fair to say he's played better than Dare has. So they've got a nice little unit going right now. You lose that and put in Charles Turner, who we've already had to see fill in once this year. I believe it like left guard, huh, in one of the games. Maybe it was left guard. Yes, um, but. Yeah, so played some left guard and uh, now playing left tackle. Maybe that's a little bit better suited position for him, but he's just still young uh, and, you know, needs more time. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's impressive that he's jumped over a lot of guys to be in the spot to be next man up here. But you hope and do whatever you can this week uh, that Wire is going to play. Uh, and we haven't heard that he's not. So uh, we'll see what uh, Ed Orgeron says on that. And, and I will add, because people have asked it on the board, um, that Deculus went down at one point and, and got injured, but he did come back in the game late uh, before they made some sort of wholesale substitutions there. So he looks good to go. Um, really, we're just watching wire. Yep, and uh, one thing uh, we'll continue to watch is the top of the standings for LSU's defense, and 
quite a few categories. We're going to touch on that as uh, the move to the 4-3, while uh, certainly has been uh, interesting, uh, might actually be showing some of uh, the things that Ed Ogeron was liking when they made the move to the 4-3. We're going to talk about that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Want to move over to the defensive side of the ball. And I think there's – it kind of seems like it's just a totally up-and-down unit, right? We've, we've seen chunk plays given up. You know, South Carolina certainly – uh, made quick work of the defense on their opening drive, and and there were some other big plays throughout the game. Um, but they also held firm multiple times in the red zone. Uh, they uh, you know forced a few field goals, and and South Carolina missed their fair share of those. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think some of the aggressiveness for Bo Pelini's defense is starting to show, and I think there are some players that certainly could be playing better. I think Jacoby Stevens and Damone Clark are are two uh, that that need to continue to try to elevate their game a little bit more, but they're also big leaders on the football team. Jabril Cox mentioned that in his post-game press conference with how uh, how big of a leadership role all three of them are having in the, on this defense. And, and they were tired of hearing, how, hearing about how bad they are. And so they stepped up against South Carolina for the most part. Uh, but Shay, I mean, spotlight just kind of the, the areas that LSU is, is really dominant quite honestly, in, in the SEC so far this year defensively. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you go down the, the numbers uh, and it's impressive because we know that, yeah, okay, look, the linebacker play has not been up to where you wanted it to be. The defensive back play has certainly not been up to where you want it to be. It's getting a bit better. Major shout out. Look, Stingley doesn't ever get tested. They threw at him three times. Then in three incompletions. So uh, right now he's living on a bit of an island, but that leaves him throwing at Eli Ricks a bit more, and he's aggressive. And he's now had, what, three picks on the year, um, and he's a true freshman. He's only played four games, now one of them for an interception for a touchdown. Uh, he's looked the part, and he we saw him in high school. Look, at modern day, I think he had three pick sixes in one game. So 
this is a kid who, as Orgeron said today on, on the conference call, uh, when we were talking to him about the game, he said, that's who Eli Ricks is. Pick sixes were his entire high school highlights. And, and we saw him, look, early, week one Mississippi State, he goes and undercuts the ball to try to make a play on it. That's who Ricks is. He's, he's sound. He knows how to play the position. He's physical at the line. But he's going to take some gambles on that play. Look, Colin Hill didn't make a good throw, and Ricks read it. But Ricks had already jumped it and was just sitting in front of the receiver, and Hill threw it right in his gut. So this is a kid who will, even at his age, has that confidence, Billy, to, to go out there and, and really uh, make some big plays for you. But when I look at the rest of the, the defensive line, you know, the rest of the defense, it's been really impressive. And now, and this will be a bit surprising, I'm sure, but they've only played four games. Some teams have played five. But LSU still leads the entire SEC in sacks, tackles for loss per game, seven and a half, turnover margin plus six, and fumble recoveries five, and they have 14 sacks. So those are some big categories uh, that if you're doing well in those and if you're the best in the conference at those, your defense is typically pretty good. For LSU, it's been Jekyll and Hyde. It seems like the guys down in the trenches are playing great football right now. It's the second and third level, really, uh, Billy, I guess, that's uh, been the Achilles heel for them. And, and we'll see as, as they continue to clean things up, uh, how they shift and, and maybe personnel-wise um, continue to try to find out what the best grouping is. Well, I think one thing they got to do is they got to get B.J. Ojolari more and more and more and more snaps. I mean, he has been absolutely dominant this this year for for LSU and in, in his opportunities. And, I mean, between him and – Ali Gay, I mean, they've done a really nice job retooling that defensive line and recruiting. You can tell, I think, there are there are pieces there moving forward that are going to be really key ones for, for LSU for years to come. Uh, Jacqueline Roy as well. Jacoby and Guillory has been banged up. He, we haven't seen him, uh, I don't think, much at all, uh, if any, this season. But he's going to be a good one, most likely. Eric Taylor's got some size. And this defensive line has uh, really kind of emerged, like you said, you know, leading the SEC in sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, they've been impressive. I think with Auburn, uh, you know, missing uh, their starting offense, uh, one of their starting offensive guards uh, now for the rest of the season and council being out, uh, that's a chance for them to, you know, I, I, well, I think for LSU's defensive line to step up as well this weekend and, and really, you know, get after Bo Nix. He's not been playing his best by any means. Um, and, and that offense just overall with Chad Morris, that offensive coordinator is, uh, it's it's been an adventure for Auburn a lot of times this year, and the the one bright spot is is Tank Bigsby, who's been off to uh, he's I think his as a true freshman he's he's on the list with Michael Dyer and and um, uh, uh, um, Bo Jackson as uh, the two as three true freshmen to rush for a hundred yards in like three straight games or something like that. I mean he's off to a really good start, but my point of all that is saying you know LSU's defensive line has a chance to slow that down. Uh, this weekend on the Plains. Yeah, I think those are going to be some big things to watch. And, and O talked a bunch about Tank uh, Bigsby uh, during the uh, the conference call on Monday, really saying that he's the one who's going to, you know, that you've got to stop. Uh, and the Bo Nix running attack, too. Nix will want to run it. You've got to figure that out. You'll have to have someone keep an eye on him. But stopping the run game is going to be massive. And, and Auburn finds creative ways to run the football. Uh, and they'll see – uh, that, for instance, against South Carolina, there was a point in the fourth quarter where two guys were averaging 11 yards a touch and one went over 100 yards. So on the game, obviously. But they will see that they have trouble setting the edge at times, that 
teams like Vanderbilt had run up the middle on him. Um, and the, the, at the second level, guys like Damone Clark weren't playing their best football. Um, I'd imagine that Auburn's going to run the football a lot this weekend. And, and I certainly think that the D-line will come to play. Uh, and whenever they do have to throw it, I think that guys like uh, Ali Gay and, and B. Joe Gilari are going to be coming home all day. I'd uh, be interested to see if they try to blitz a little bit more this week, send guys like Jacoby Stevens. But um, my biggest question will be – my biggest question this game isn't the DBs. It's how do the linebackers play because they're just going to have so much responsibility this game. And and there's been many games this year where, um, you know, even Ed Orgeron said, like Jabril Cox and Damone Clark, uh, those guys, ha- they're better than this. We've got to uh, make our correct reads. We've got to uh, be in the correct gaps uh, with our assignments. And a lot of that's been – uh, missing in, in spots. So I'm more so than interested in how the linebackers play and then maybe uh, how much a guy like uh, like Micah Baskerville starts playing. Yeah, one thing LSU is also going to have to watch is Hurricane Zeta was just uh, named uh, as a hurricane indeed. And uh, it looks like it's going to make landfall somewhere around, you know, maybe west of, or excuse me, east of Baton Rouge as of now, uh, around Wednesday. So LSU is going to have to deal with yet another hurricane this season, kind of working around it. Doesn't appear right now that it might affect the game itself, but could you know end up tracking a little bit east as it hits the uh, the coast and kind of goes up. It would have to go way east, but maybe some bands get into Auburn uh, or something like that later on in the weekend. But uh, you know LSU will have to track a hurricane this week as a as a uh, you know, prepare for yet another football game too. So that, that could be uh, something to watch as well. We've got no comment on that. I'm not dealing with another canceled, postponed, whatever football game or another hurricane. So I'm not believing in that. Just going <laughs> to disappear somewhere. <laughs> That's what uh, we all hope somehow it, it, it just fades away, but uh, wanted to make note of it for you guys out there. But Shady, I think uh, we've gone on a little bit. Uh, long enough for these for these fine folks uh, that are listening. We want to give you guys a quick reminder to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the pod. And then also, uh, we are running a 50% off subscription deal all week for Go 24-7. So get locked in for a year at 50% off and uh, be able to uh, follow the rest of football season. And then, of course, the off season and basketball season and recruiting and all those things. And hopefully, all the way through the summer and into fall camp when uh, we're back to maybe some normalcy with, with summer camps and spring ball and all of those things. But I uh, wanted to shout out the people as well that have subscribed already with that deal. And uh, it's a good one, Shay. It, it comes around, uh, you know, once yeah. uh, every so often. Yeah. Get on there, check it out. It's worth it, especially during the season. Look, they're two and two now. If they get a win at Auburn, they'll be playing well and you'll be geared up for Bama. They're going to have some commits coming in here uh, leading up to signing day. So good time to get on the side. Good time to, to give us a subscribe and, and a like and follow and, uh, comment and rate us and, and all that on the podcast. All that really helps, obviously. Uh, hey, look, we forgot one thing. Um, and this is just a quick note before we get out. Uh, unless you said it, maybe I wasn't listening to you. Uh, Trey Palmer and BJ Ojolari got some SEC honors this week. Palmer, special teams player of the week, and, and Ojolari, uh, freshman, what, defensive freshman of the week uh, for his three sack performances and, and four on the season. That's the most of anybody in the SEC, freshman or not. Yeah, first uh, kick return for a touchdown in Tiger Stadium since 1981, I believe, for Trey Palmer. Yeah, people have been, you know, he now has a punt return and a kick return for a touchdown. He's just a sophomore. I mean, he's really, uh, I think he's going to be, he's already shown, you know, he's special in the return game. But once he figures it out offensively, I mean, he's going to be, I think, that explosive player that we saw out of Kentwood. And 
BJ Ojolari. We saw him at Marietta do his thing, and uh, it was no no shocking uh, surprise, I think, to see him end up on some SEC honors already as a true freshman with with just all the accolades and athleticism and everything he put together at Marietta as well. So great job on those guys' part. Uh, absolutely. A couple of really good players. I'm, I'm in- interested to see if Palmer gets a bit more involved on the offensive side. So um, it'll be fun. I'm ready to gear up for Auburn week. Yep, we'll do it. 2.30 Central on Saturday on EBS, uh, EBS, CBS. I don't know what EBS is. So 2.30 Central Saturday on CBS. We'll have you guys covered on Go 24-7 as well, and you can live stream the game on Go247.com as well. So appreciate you guys listening. Have a great week. If you're in the way of this hurricane that Shay's ignoring, be safe and uh, you know make good choices with, with that uh, coming your way. So till next time, guys, we will catch you on the next Go 24-7 podcast.